it's time to have your say because it's time for the Q&A. Welcome to Ask SCW here on SCW. You could be watching on YouTube. You may be listening on podcast form. Please subscribe and follow. Please like and share with a friend as well. Likes and comments on the YouTube channel in particular really do help the channel out. So please get involved. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Going to be talking about all the major talking points in wrestling at the moment. Answering your questions in the wrestling community, touching on WWE, the potential partnership with AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling, NXT, we're talking about the road to WrestleMania, Impact Wrestling, much, much more. So lots of great, fun topics to discuss on today's show. If you want to get involved and have yourself a shout-out on the next episode of Ask SCW, then drop a comment on the comment section here on YouTube, or you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. All should come up on your screen right about now. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, if you are listening on Podcast Form, I'll put everything in the description for you, including where to find the YouTube channel as well. Just make sure to leave the hashtag AskSCW with your question. I know to give you a shout out in the next episode. But that's all from me. Let's get straight into the first question this week, which comes from Dylan Ketchum. And he's got two questions to kick us off this week. AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling partnership, straight to the point with that one, and Karrion Cross heading to the main roster soon. Two very interesting topics to kick off the show this week, and of course, Everyone is discussing the idea of an AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling Partnership. Um, I mean, the fact that Kenta showed up on Dynamite last week at the end of the show was mind-blowing. I think a lot of people um, really see now that there is a chance that we can have these two companies working together. Of course, uh, John Moxley recently was a part of, I believe it was the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Show uh, to confront uh, Kenta as well. Uh, Moxie also had some sort of promo that he did as well for the actual Wrestle Kingdom show. So it looks like that um, these two are finally going to be able to get it on. Uh, of course, John Moxie has had where he can go and wrestle in New Japan Pro Wrestling previously. That's not changed anything. Chris Jericho has also been doing that previously. So it does make you question if it's just the idea of this one match that's being put together and both companies are working together to get uh, the match between Moxie and Kenta or whether it's going to turn into something more. And of course, the dreamers in us want it to be so much more. I mean, you have to look at the clues of what have got us to this point today because um, there was that original tweet from Tony Khan uh, back in the day where he said, uh, everything in the landscape is going to change. It's the very most exciting time in wrestling for a long time. And then Pac was the return and everyone said, hey, you've overreacted a little bit there. But then within a couple of weeks, Kenny Omega became the champion at Winter is Coming. We've got the Impact Wrestling Invasion with Don Callis and of course now the Good Brothers as well. Now we seem to have... Uh, you know, AEW going to impact every week. We've got the paid advertisements. We've even now got New Japan Pro Wrestling with Kenta involved as well. Um, it's just a really exciting time to be a fan uh, of wrestling in general. And the idea of all these promotions that, that could work together, give us these fantasy dream matches as well. Um, there's a lot to look forward to. And as for an AEW and New Japan partnership, there have been little clues along the way, which I think people have always took up on. I mean, Hiro Tanahashi uh, was a part of uh, Chris Jericho's 30th celebrations, his 30-year anniversary. He had a small clip that he spoke on that. I think a lot of people thought, hello, there's a partnership that could be you know, could be brewing there. And now we've got Kentering as well. Um, I just start to feel that we will get more. I just think it's going to be in baby steps. I wouldn't say that we can now expect New Japan stars turning up each and every week, but it does seem that we have the availability now to be able to get stars from one show to the other. I believe that the match for Moxie and Kenta has already been pre-recorded, if I've read the reports right. I think this is going to be on a New Japan-based American show, I believe. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing where that match plays out. I'm definitely going to be checking that out, especially now we've got Kenta actually in a match next week 
on Dynamite as well. Um, and I love the fact that it's a, a lights-out stipulation. It makes total sense with the idea that, well, hang on, we can't really book Kenta in a match. He's not one of our talents. He's not someone that we have the permission to do so. So it's got to be unsanctioned. It's got to be lights-out. And it's a you know, Bullet Club as well, the Bullet Club that's connected once again, Kenny Omega and, of course, Kenta. Is that going to lead to something where we might get a super Bullet Club? I've noticed that AEW have been throwing... Uh, the words Bullet Club a bit more freely around us of late. So I do wonder if there's something in this, whether it's going to grow into something more, whether it'll be this, you know, elite against the Bullet Club. Who knows? There's so many possibilities and it does get the fancy book inside out, doesn't it, really? It makes you want to think of all these dream matches, which, of course, I will be dropping a video this week that will be actually saying some 10 dream matches that I would like to see featuring AEW versus New Japan Pro Wrestling. So make sure to keep an eye out for the channel at some point this week. But um, as for a partnership, it looks like it's on. Uh, the pace that we're going to get it, I think it will be just like the Impact Wrestling one. I think it's going to be slow and steady, but um, it's a very exciting time to be a wrestling fan. I even see Impact Wrestling. You can see that the steps with them in New Japan are working quite well also. You've got Chris Bay that uh, I think was in the Super Super Juniors tournament or something in December. Uh, I'm sure the Good Brothers as well will be going over to Japan at the first opportunity also. So yeah, it's a very exciting time. I can see all these partnerships going together. I think though, the good thing is it's not being rushed. Perhaps sometimes maybe we get a bit impatient, but um, I think slowly does it here. Long-term storytelling is always the best. And if it's something that can really give us a big impact moment, uh, no pun intended to impact wrestling, but like we got this Wednesday with Kenta, it's definitely a wow factor. And um, I'm happy to see it play out because this could be a partnership that could blossom for many years to come. As for Karrion Cross, uh, rumours are suggesting that he could be uh, one of the potentials that could be called up to the main roster in the very near future. Um, I still see him going for the NXT Championship first. I actually am surprised they've not put him straight back into the deep end against Finn Balor. Um, I do wonder if that's going to be on a takeover the night before WrestleMania. But perhaps as WrestleMania is a two-night event this year once again. Maybe the NXT Championship will be defended at WrestleMania. Who's to say that that wouldn't happen? Uh, we've seen Edge tease the idea that he could choose his championship opponent to be the NXT champion. So it's not out of the realms of possibility. NXT uh, Women's Championship was on WrestleMania card last year. So it's certainly something that I wouldn't rule out. But uh, I think Finn Balor and Karrion Cross is going to be that direction for that weekend for sure. Um, but I do see Cross at some point, perhaps before the end of this year, on either Raw or SmackDown. Probably the opposite brand to Roman Reigns because I really do believe that Karrion Cross, whichever brand he lands on, I think he's going to be a top big deal. I think he's going to be the big top heel in the company for whichever side he represents on the brand and particularly if it's the opposite to Roman Reigns. So yeah, I see Karrion Cross on the main roster. Um, I just don't see it in the next couple of weeks, let's say, or even the next few months. I reckon, let's say, just after SummerSlam, like Keith Lee, perhaps even around Survivor Series, could even be Royal Rumble time next year. Vigilante of our next question now here on Ask SCW, what do you think of another KO versus Roman match? Um, I think it'll be a great match. Let's not look past what we've had already. We've had the, the fantastic TLC match. We had the Steel Cage match. We've had... The, the last man standing match, which at the Royal Rumble was an epic encounter. Really enjoyed that. But I do feel that this rivalry now is starting to get where it will be past its sell-by date if we do continue on. I think it's time that both superstars go in different directions. But do I think we get another match for these two? We probably will, judging on last week's SmackDown. The fact that KO came in, stunned Roman Reigns. It shows he is not done with him. If I was to book it myself, instead of having a one-on-one -on -one match... I personally would put them both inside the Elimination Chamber. If Edge chooses Roman Reigns, for example, to go for the uh, Universal Championship, 
Who's to say Roman's the champion going in? He's going to need to defend the championship still. So I would put him in the Elimination Chamber structure. So that's how I would do it if it was going to happen. Maybe we'll get a one-on-one -on -one encounter on SmackDown. I think the most important thing is that it's not on pay-per-view if we are going to get it again. I think that um, that should be given to other superstars personally if it was my personal preference. Mike, a talent hubs Mike with our next two questions now. He's asking, Edge has stated that he would like for the World Heavyweight Championship to return. How would you book Edge versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 37? And how surprised would you see Christian return? And how would you book Christian? Uh, two fantastic questions here, and um, I would like to see the World Heavyweight Championship return instead of the Universal Championship. Roman has made the Universal Championship relevant. It was not before and in any way, shape or form in its what, nearly five year history. I feel it's been an unlucky championship and I don't think, I think the World Heavyweight Championship coming back would be a much better move for WWE. I think the belt was more prestigious. Uh, it's the big gold belt. It's shiny. It just looks like a championship that, you know, people would want to fight over. So for me, I want to see it come back for nostalgic reasons. And also the fact that this Edge storyline, if he does choose Roman Reigns, um, I think would make a lot of sense because Edge is someone that was, you know, he retired as the champion of SmackDown. The World Heavyweight Championship was the championship he never lost. They can build that into the story, the comeback story of Edge, the inspiring story of the fact that he was away for nine years, the fact that he's never given up on his dream, that he's fought, come back, and got himself into the main event of WrestleMania. I think it's a selling point in itself. The fact you've got Roman Reigns now for the first time, looking kind of slightly vulnerable, but wants to be acknowledged as the guy he wants to be, you know, say my name, you know, Roman Reigns is, he wants to be that guy, but he he has a little bit of doubt in his mind for the first time. I really puts it good dynamic of these two going into WrestleMania. I think you build the natural spear versus spear. I think, as I say, with the comeback story, Roman Reigns can downplay it. The fact that he's the head of the table. The fact that, you know, Edge, does he, he expects to put food on his table. He's old. He's beaten down. He's going to put him out for good. Therefore, he, he's going to have to, you know, not be able to put food on the table to support, you know, his wife. His wife will have to do it by being a commentator on NXT. So there's lots of different dynamics you can go with it. And bringing Christian into the mix as well would work really well. It would bring Christian onto SmackDown, which I think would be fitting. Remember, SmackDown, I've said previous weeks, I think is lacking a top babyface and a couple of babyfaces in their roles. Edge and Christian, perfect to fit it. That would be exactly what is missing from the puzzle to make SmackDown that complete show with faces and heels. The fact that Seth Rollins is coming back to the picture for the heels also, it just feels a much more complete roster. And I think SmackDown was doing a great job anyway, but now you've got this, it really will feel a complete roster. The fact that Christian can come in, you can use that then to the advantage of the WrestleMania storyline. Perhaps Roman Reigns against Christian takes place at Fastlane, for example. Jey Uso could be involved in it as well. Edge versus Jey Uso. The classic Tag team match, ENC reunite on the road to WrestleMania. Perhaps that is the match you put for Fastlane. That would certainly be something I think would be a lot of interest. And people would say, oh, check out that show just for the ENC reunion. So there's lots of things you can do to build this story on. I think it would be exciting. And one thing I'd say for now is I couldn't predict a winner. I said for a long time, Roman will retain at WrestleMania. Now we see this match and the idea if they do go that feel-good story moment, you'd be hard to go against the idea that the babyface would win because you'd want to see Edge go back to that position. So it's very exciting. We'll have to see how it's going to play out. I do think Christian gets involved with that, that one more match scenario. I do think as well, Christian, um, rumours going around with it, that Christian could be in the Intercontinental Championship picture via WrestleMania because the match he was supposed to have, they couldn't take part in and had to retire. He was supposed to go for the IC title against the champion at that time in 2014, which was Big E, who in 2021 is once again now for the second time your Intercontinental Champion. 
some things are just written in the stars, aren't they? So that's something that could be a direction as well. But one thing is for sure, I expect Christian does get one more match. Next question comes from a No Other Ropes podcast. Do you think that both Royal Rumble winners will lose at WrestleMania? As I said in the last question, I really have a place to see the doubt in my mind of whether I was for sure Roman Reigns was going to retain. Now I do wonder, I do have that slight wonder if he will retain against Edge. Certainly builds a compelling match, a compelling story. I look forward to seeing how it plays out. But I will focus as well mainly on Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks on this question. I think Bianca Belair, if she's going to be booked as the next big star in WWE for the women's division, taking it to the next level, the fact that we're not relying so much on just the four horsewomen anymore. Bianca Belair would need to win at WrestleMania for me. I once thought it would be potentially too soon a few weeks ago that Bianca would be in this position one-on-one match and would win at Mania. But after her Royal Rumble performance, the fact she came in at number three, went through to the end, won the match. She's been booked as a strong, credible babyface. The fact is as well, with her family being involved, people will want to get behind her. This feels like that it's almost, I wouldn't say must win for Bianca Belair, but this has got all the right ingredients to make that mega star. So WWE at this moment might be foolish to make her lose at WrestleMania. So I'm going to stick my neck out at this point and say at least one of them will win the championship. So I don't think both will lose, but certainly will be interesting. It'll be fascinating to see how it's going to play out. And uh, yeah, it's a great question. Um, as I say right now, I will say that I think at least one of them walks away champion. Separate of Slam Hub Wrestling versus now with a hot take. If WWE is doing Edge versus Reigns at Mania, then Drew McIntyre also needs a big time opponent. Unfortunately, Sheamus is not perfect for that spot. And only guy that makes sense is John Cena. Imagine the story they can tell together. It's a great hot take, this one. Of course, I did actually answer a question last week of where I could see John Cena being involved at WrestleMania. I gave a few options, but one of them was Drew McIntyre, certainly going for that 17th World Championship. That's where it really does make sense. And it would be a big-time feel, a big-time opponent. It would feel the idea of WrestleMania. If you believe the stuff you read on the internet, that we could get these legends coming in, taking on the stars of today, and it's a way of trying to put over the stars of today for the future. This would really tick all the boxes for that if you did Drew versus Cena, because Cena, like I say, going for that 17th world title, people won't want to see that. They want to see Drew keep the championship, I would imagine, Cena's a part-timer. Uh, but the fact is that Cena could pass the torch, and Cena did that a couple of years ago for Roman Reigns. Um, I arguably would say that that could also have been a match that would be quite worthy to see now as well. I do think that's arguably the biggest match WWE could do, but Edge versus Reigns, I think, is a great WrestleMania match. You can tell a really great story. I think Drew versus Cena can tell that great story as well. I think you make a great point of it. The the thing is that Drew McIntyre would have to come out still the champion. The only thing that's a bit of a negative on this point is that WrestleMania is your biggest stage, and the fact you have that one big marquee match like that, you could put Cena against someone else on the card somewhere else, and then you can give Drew and someone else the opportunity to really showcase themselves as a main event match for the WWE Championship. Is Sheamus the right guy? I would argue not. I would say that that, that wouldn't be the right move to do. Um, but there are superstars that could fill that role, that perhaps arguably should be in that position. I'd say The Fiend would be one of them, because I think that Drew versus The Fiend would be a great match. I also believe that Drew versus Braun Strowman, because Braun Strowman was in the championship match last year. I think it's nice to see continuity from WrestleMania. It helps build longer-term stars for the people that aren't watching all year round, but coming for WrestleMania. If you see someone like Kofi Kingston that was in there one year in the championship and next year he's in the tag division again, you look at it as a failed experiment. You look at it as, oh, well, that didn't work out. So it, it's a bit better to see people in those positions you know, year after year. As someone that's a casual view of New Japan Pro Wrestling, 
when I get to Wrestle Kingdom and I see that that's how they build things, they have those stars in those prominent positions, you know that they're long-term. They've managed to last the test of time. People are supporting them, and you take them more as creditable. So for me, it's about building new stars. But at the same time, if you want to solidify Drew as that big star, um, then this is certainly a way to do it. Because they did it with Goldberg at the Rumble. Doing it with Cena at WrestleMania would be a compelling storyline. It is something I'd be interested in seeing. And certainly, if Drew McIntyre walks out, you know, as the new big star of the company, like in that kind of way, they can put him over further. I think it's something that could work. Next question come from DWE Dan Williams on the channel for you now asking, do you think a bad bunny will get in a wrestling ring with The Miz? Yes, is the answer I'm going to give you. Now, judging after the Royal Rumble, um, I think WWE did one of these, you know, we've got a celebrity in, performed the song. Of course, it's great that uh, he had a song that was called Booker T. Obviously shows he's a wrestling fan. Uh, to then actually have that spot where he jumped off the top rope uh, during the Royal Rumble, I think was a cool spot. Uh, and I think that was an idea just to get headlines. I wouldn't be surprised as well if it was meant to be a dig back uh, AEW after Snoop Dogg uh, obviously did the splash uh, on, on Dynamite a couple of weeks ago. And Bad Bunny's one did look better. I don't think there's any argument in that. But the fact then that um, perhaps more has unraveled with this. They've seen that uh, with social media, particularly YouTube, that the Bad Bunny segment or clip that they showed was one of the most popular from the Royal Rumble of everything that took place. I think WWE looked at this and saw dollar signs. And why wouldn't they? Why shouldn't they? Apparently, uh, Bad Bunny, it's one of his dreams to compete in a wrestling ring as they showed on Miz TV. TV the next night. Uh, I think it's something that will come together, but I don't think it'll be a one-on-one -on -one match. I think it'll be nicely put together like we got with Damian Priest being involved as a tag team, taking on The Miz and Morrison. That way, you can limit the involvement. Bad Bunny is in the ring. It doesn't look so bad. Same as what AEW are doing with Shaquille O'Neal. I think it's a smart strategy. It's a way to protect someone you're putting into the ring. You haven't got overexposed them in that match because, of course, they're not wrestlers. They have, you know, different outside interests. I mean, take, I mean, Bad Bunny. He's a musical artist, a VMA winner. You know, a lot of people will be obviously interested in that because everyone loves music and, you know, everyone's probably listened to Bad Bunny in some sort of format, unless, you know, perhaps if you're a certain age group of as a wrestling fan, maybe the older demographic, perhaps not. But, uh, you know, a lot of people are aware of who Bad Bunny is. It could be an idea to bring new viewers to the product, you know. So there's a lot of things that could be quite exciting about it. And you do see the idea of a, a WrestleMania moment. Uh, if rumors are to be believed, Bad Bunny has been in the Performance Center actually training. Uh, you know, he had no training at all jumping off the top rope at the Royal Rumble. Uh, and they probably thought, well, if he's willing to do that and, you know, it was done safely and done all right, let's put him in the PC. Let's see what we can do and maybe they can make a WrestleMania match. It certainly would be noteworthy and it wouldn't be the first time we've had celebrities involved in matches at WrestleMania. Floyd Mayweather, probably the most famous one from, uh, of course, WrestleMania 24. Uh, boxer versus wrestler, of course, against the Big Show. We've had Lawrence Taylor, which was the main event of WrestleMania 11. Of course, a former NFL footballer. And we even had Snooki from Jersey Shore back at WrestleMania 27. So it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility that it will happen. So I think it will happen, but I think he'll be protected. I think it'll be a tag team match. I think it'll be bad money. And if he can do good things in the ring, perhaps he'll be called good bunny. Who knows? Um, certainly not the first bunny in WWE either. I want to make a shout there. He definitely uh, has to come second. Of course, we had the bunny, of course, with the rosebuds from Adam Rose many years ago. But um, all jokes aside, I do see uh, bad bunny in the ring with Damien Priest taking on The Miz and John Morrison, and I think that match will go down at WrestleMania, which I don't think is a bad thing for the wrestling business. It brings more eyes to the product, perhaps more eyes than what you would have got. Yes, for those hardcore demographic wrestling fans, maybe it's not always so cool to see celebrities in the spot, but hey, if it brings more eyes to the product, I don't think it's a bad thing. He'll be limited to his time in the ring, and where we can say, yeah, perhaps it's taking someone's spot on the night, but at the same time, if it's bringing more eyes to the product, maybe more eyes will stick around 
it will help those other talents in the long run. So fingers crossed it works. I hope that uh, it does play out because I think it would be uh, I think it'd be a fun moment. It's been many years since we've seen like a celebrity, certainly someone that's so mainstream uh, in WWE. So I'd like to see it go down. Jamie, the controversial one, Holmes of our next question now. How far do you see the Cesaro push going, i.e. mid-card title or world title? I know Nakamura took his place in the gauntlet as he'd yet to re-sign with the company, and he's been winning left and right lately, and even managed to make Daniel Bryan Smith for the first time since 2018. Great fact right there, by the way. Some good stats work there from Dylan Ketchum. But, um, yeah, I mean, I see it going quite well. He's having an unbelievable 2021. And um, I actually took part in the SmackDown review for Jonesy Chats Wrestling this week. Go and check it out if you haven't already. I do recommend it. It's a great channel as well. We'll be having an interview as well with George this upcoming week as well. So make sure to check that interview coming out on this channel also. Uh, it's a fascinating one to make sure to go and listen to. Um, but, um, yeah, we, I was speaking on that show, and uh, George actually made sense to me that Cesaro hasn't lost a singles match since May last year. Now, granted, he has been involved in tag team wrestling as well, but that's a long time that Cesaro hasn't lost in a singles environment. So he's really done really well and just goes to show that um, he's been put over big at the minute. Daniel Bryan, obviously, is doing the pencil work. He's actually writing for SmackDown and he's putting over Cesaro. He must see something in him. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Cesaro in the mid-card sort of title area around WrestleMania, but towards the end of the calendar year, there's no argument you couldn't see Cesaro as a potential World Championship candidate. The time has been there for a long time. We wanted to see it with Cesaro. I think things are finally starting to, co to connect the dots. They're starting to come together. He's getting more mic time. He's getting over on the mic as well. He speaks five languages. He could be an asset if he's towards the top of the car for WWE. It's just all the tools are there. And now with this babyface turn as well, I just think the sky's the limit for Cesaro. I really see some exciting times ahead. I even wouldn't be surprised if he was involved in this year's Elimination Chamber match, should they do that for the men on the SmackDown side. We'll have to wait and see how that will be booked. But I really do see big things for Cesaro. Perhaps a mid-card title would make sense first. Perhaps Cesaro against Big E is a match we should see. I mean, that would be awesome, right? I, I would like to see that match. Um, that would be great to see, perhaps going through the early part of the summer, and then perhaps we move Cesaro towards the championship picture towards the end of the year. I certainly see star potential there, and um, I've been saying for years, I see Cesaro as someone that should be at the top end of the card. And uh, finally, finally, we just might get to see it. But to answer your question, short-term, mid-card, long-term, who knows? I really hope we see a main event star built in Cesaro. Believe a first time asker next now. Thank you, Lorenzo Carrillo, for your questions now. Uh, what matches would you have inside the Elimination Chamber and why? Uh, down the line, who could you see getting the next call up from the NXT Women's Division? And since WWE is advertising heavily the Messiah's return, is he going to have a big angle? Three really good questions there. Let's start with the Elimination Chamber because I've sort of touched on it a little bit already. If it was me booking it, Let's have Edge go for Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. Let's have Roman Reigns have to prove he's in the main event at WrestleMania. Let's put him in the Elimination Chamber. Let's make him defend that there because that, for me, makes most sense. You're going to have one men's match, one women's match in the Chamber. I think it makes a lot of sense on the SmackDown side to do that match because Roman Reigns, for me, has had a lot of enemies in the last few months. So I can see Roman Reigns being having to face all of them in one go. I mean, Kevin Owens is still happening. I don't want to see another one-on-one -on -one match. Let's put him inside the chamber. Shinsuke Nakamura was cost his championship opportunity, uh, of which he was supposed to have at the Royal Rumble originally, if you do remember. Let's put Shin 
in there in the chamber with Roman Reigns. We can have as well Cesaro, who's on a bit of a push right now. He's defeating superstars left, right, and center. Makes sense to give him that championship opportunity. Why not Adam Pearce? He was supposed to have a, some a championship match as well with Roman Reigns. It could be something that could be quite quite fun that he's put in that environment. And let's have Jay Uso as a conflict of interest to say, you know, you could main event WrestleMania, Jay. Let's put you in there with, with Roman. But also, technically, he's Roman's backup as well. Maybe he starts the chamber match off and we build ourselves up. And then perhaps if we had like an order, for example, maybe we have Cesaro and Jay Uso as the starting two. Maybe we get someone in there next, then like Kevin Owens and, and, and Nakamura. We get Roman Reigns in there. Then we get Adam Pearce as the last one. I think it'd be fascinating. I think it would work really well as a, not just a match, but an angle as well. Uh, there's so many great angles with Roman Reigns right now. So for me, I think this would make a really compelling Elimination Chamber match. And I really like the idea of storytelling in Roman Reigns right now and what he presents in WWE. And this certainly would be the main event if that was to be the case for the show. As for Raw, i do it with the women's division and I would try and build the number one contender for the championship at WrestleMania because I believe Bianca Belair will go for Sasha Banks. So we need someone to take on Oscar at WrestleMania. So let's have six women involved in the chamber match for the Raw side. Let's have Charlotte Flair as the obvious one, Lacey Evans to be in there, uh, Peyton Royce, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, and, you know, for me, I mean, I'd have Rhea Ripley in there, but perhaps maybe you get Alexa Bliss. You know, you've got a great number of candidate people. Nikki Cross even should be in and around that sort of area. So there's a number of people that could be contenders for the championship. But, of course, we'll see then who would actually come out to face Oscar at WrestleMania. As for next woman to be called up from the NXT roster, well, Rhea Ripley is supposed to be the one that's meant to be now a full-time member of Raw or SmackDown. So arguably, she's already there. She just hasn't really debuted for one particular brand yet. So I have to wait and see where she's going to end up. I can see arguments for both sides. I mean, Raw probably could do with her. But as I mentioned there, there's a lot of contenders that could go for that championship. I just think they need to be booked a little bit better. Um, but Rhea Ripley, I could see her on SmackDown as well, potentially. So that's something that you could see. Perhaps her and Bailey could face a WrestleMania. It certainly would be a match I would love to see. But as another candidate who would like to see come up, I mean... I think Io Shirai has to be the next one in line, personally. I think that she's definitely got all the all the boxes ticked. A long-reign NXT Women's Championship run. When she loses that belt, I just I don't see where she goes after that unless she goes to sort of mid-card fodder. So I, I kind of would probably have her actually elevated to either Raw or SmackDown as the next one. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was someone like Raquel Gonzalez either because uh, she's really on a monster push. Perhaps her and Dakota Kai could be the Women's Tag Team Champions or you could see... One of those that win the Dusty Cup could become the Women's Tag Team Champions, could end up on Raw SmackDown on a weekly basis. I think that's more than would be quite good because it can almost be like a, a testing ground if you want uh, to see if they're connecting, getting over enough, and then once they lose those belts, maybe they end up on the main roster as well. So it's fascinating to see how it could work out. But if I was to give an answer who I would want to see, uh, it would be Eo Shirai, who I think it would be. I think we're leaning more towards like Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, Gonzalez probably would be my shout because I can see that she's doing well in NXT. She's really getting over, but I can see Gonzalez being a top star if she's put on more SmackDown. She's, you know, a taller lady. She's taller than a lot of the others, and uh, she's getting better in the ring as well. I just, she, I think she'd dominate. That's what I would see with Raquel. As for the Messiah, I do think he's going to come back. I think there's going to be a big angle. I think he's going to rival Daniel Bryan. I really do. I can see a match between them two at WrestleMania. Um, I wonder what if we'll get an explanation of the sacrifice of Survivor Series, but um, I'm not really holding my hope on that. What I would say is, is that Daniel Bryan is losing a lot of matches. I think that 
you know, Seth Rollins eliminated him for the Royal Rumble match as well. The Messiah is back and he wants to sacrifice someone for the greater good to get him back into the championship picture. Perhaps Daniel Bryan could be that sacrificial lamb. Uh, perhaps he could play into a storyline and say Daniel Bryan's losing a lot. Maybe he's going to go to a part-time schedule, maybe. Maybe that, that full-time schedule goes on the line at WrestleMania. Could be some sort of real stakes on the line between those two in the match. will be really exciting to see. So for me, that would be the way I would book it. But uh, be interested to know your thoughts in the comments below. One more question from Lorenzo Carrillo. And uh, will Ethan Page join WWE or AEW? Great question. Um, I'm going to be honest, I have no idea where he's going to join. Um, I want him to be where he's going to get the best TV time. That's what I want to see. I think Ethan Page is a standout performer, and I think there's a star in the making there. There's certainly something special with Ethan Page. I would like to have seen him with Josh Alexander as the North, I think, as a tag team. Again, would benefit both shows. I think even in AEW, I think they go towards the top end of the card because, in my opinion, one of the best tag teams in the game today. Um, and I think as well, NXT would benefit with another great team. But looking at them as single stars, as a single star right now, because Josh will be with Impact Wrestling, I think, for at least the next 12 months. Uh, Ethan Page has got a big decision to make of where he's going to go. I think he would probably get more TV time in NXT of the two. I just wonder if he'd get a little bit lost in the shuffle right now as a single star in AEW. But there was reported interest from AEW as early as uh, September, August time last year. So I wouldn't be surprised either way. If I had to put my money on where I think he will go, I think he will go AEW. But um, at this time, we'll have to wait and see. I've seen some people argue me to and from of which promotion they think he'll go to. I guess time will tell and it'll be a great surprise when he shows up. Straight Edge Josh on my next question now. With Carlito getting more praise lately for his look and overall return, do you think he'll get a world title shot eventually? Very interesting question this one. And yet he has had a, a, a lot of stock put into him since he's come back. A lot of fan praise. A lot of people really happy to see him back. And of course, that really started the buzz from Legends Night when he was advertised for that and wasn't there. And a lot of people were disappointed. So it's great to see him back. He had a good showing in the Rumble and on Raw as well. I'd like to see more Carlito. They've left me with wanting to see more. Um, I think it's a formality. I think he will sign a, a, a contract with the company. Um, I have heard that... If, there could be as a producer as well as in-ring talent. We'll have to wait and see how it will play out with Carlito. I think, personally, I don't see him in a world title picture if he wants to come back. But I definitely think he could be an asset to the mid-card, lower-card area of Raw or even SmackDown, to be brutally honest. I think he'd be good at getting people to that next level. So that's where I would see him in the card if Carlito was to come back. I could see him you know, helping the likes of people like Elias and a Ricochet and that, getting to that next level. But um, at the same time as well, when he is more established at being back, I would like to see him go heel as well. I've always enjoyed heel Carlito a lot more than face Carlito. So for me, I think mid-card to lower card, and I think he actually helps out the people that uh, you know can get up the card. Maybe perhaps we can elevate one or two baby faces through defeating Carlito. Noob and Co with a selection of questions for us next now. Um, what do you think of Damien Priest's Raw debut and where will Rhea Ripley debut on the main roster? And question two, if Bianca Belair picks Sasha Banks as her WrestleMania 37 opponent, then we might get Oscar versus Charlotte at WrestleMania 37. Uh, well, first off, as I've sort of spoke a bit about Priest and Rhea Ripley already, I'm going to stick my neck out and say that I'm going to predict Rhea Ripley will debut on SmackDown. I can see the feud with Rhea and Bayley. I really want to see her on Raw. I think she'd be better to be on Raw, to, you know, perhaps do a right from the wrong of losing to Charlotte Flair, perhaps even a match with 
Oscar at WrestleMania would be quite interesting. Even the triple threat for me would be quite fascinating to watch as well. But um, I, I have this feeling that it's going to be SmackDown, even though if I perhaps had a personal preference, I'd probably put Rhea Ripley on Raw. Damien Priest, as I mentioned already, I think has had as good a debut as you can get. He was endorsed by an outside superstar in Bad Bunny, uh, which I think will get people on board. As I said, the Bad Bunny videos have done really well on social media. The fact if that can be put into a tag team match at WrestleMania against Miz and Morrison, you, you don't get much better as an established first you know run, as first storyline in the company. And the fact as well that Edge endorsed him as well after he actually beat the Miz on Raw as well and said great performance great showing he did well and eliminated a few people in the Royal Rumble match Damien Priest has had a great first couple of nights and I think that some things just fit like a glove sometimes and I when I heard Damien Priest was going to Smackdown I was a bit worried I thought maybe mid card could work I could just see him get lost in the shuffle he's gone on Raw and immediately feels at home so yeah I, I feel good things there Priest had a great debut a great first couple of nights and I hope WWE can keep that momentum because they using Bad Bunny could build a fresh new star in Damien Priest and that's something we want to see we want to see new stars being made and born and you know it doesn't necessarily have the people that are already on the roster Damien Priest has come in and he could push himself somewhere way up the card very quickly uh, if things are handled correctly and I think that would excite a lot of people if that was to go down that way um, as I've said already, I think Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks will be the WrestleMania 37 match. Oscar versus Charlotte is definitely a possibility. Um, I know the idea that, you know, Oscar against Charlotte at WrestleMania, Oscar getting revenge for three years ago, I think certainly would be a big match. It's one of the biggest matches WWE can do from a women's championship perspective, particularly on the Raw side. Um, you know, regardless of how people feel about Charlotte Flair, She's going to be in around the championship picture around WrestleMania unless they drag the Lacey Evans storyline out to WrestleMania, have the feel-good moment with Ric Flair, perhaps in Mania, that could happen as well. But um, yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely a possibility that this match can go down. If it does go down, it needs to be built down as the showcase match, the final match of these two. They've had a lot of matches, particularly last summer, had a lot of matches together. They've gone through the tag team avenue. Perhaps now they could have the heel turn if Charlotte defeats Lacey Evans, could turn heel on Oscar, or even the other way around. Put this match for WrestleMania. Charlotte can say, look, I was injured last time. I was vulnerable when you beat me. You've not beat me when I'm 100% best. It's the Women's Championship. I've always been the one to take the belt off of you. I'll do it at Mania. Boom, you've got your showcase match. Make it happen. Make it that final epic encounter. Give us a 20-minute classic between the two of them. And then both of them can go to different programs afterwards. Because they've had some great storytelling. They've had some great matches. But I do think for the Royal Women's Division, they need to try and use other stars. I mean, Lacey Evans having that rivalry with Charlotte Flair right now is great to see. Because it gets Lacey Evans on TV. It elevates her up the card a little bit. Like I've said, I want to see Oscar against the likes of Shayna Baszler. I want to see Nikki Cross in there. Hell, I said it early in this question. I want to see Rhea Ripley really in those sort of positions. I think it would be great to see. So, uh, yeah, I'd be fascinated to see that. Two more questions from Noob. What's your favourite moments from the men's and women's Royal Rumble matches? And are you interested in Rhea versus Alexa feud after Alexa's feud with Oscar? Uh, and will we see Christian finally get one more match? Well, we mentioned Christian earlier on in the video. Yes, I think he will get that one more match. He's supposedly signed a part-time deal, uh, so it's great to see that he is back in the company. And to tie it into the Royal Rumble questions, definitely my favourite moment. I did not expect 
Christian to make a return. This for me was awesome. I just wish fans were there. I think it would have been epic to see. Uh, some other highlights from the Rumble matches. I mean, it's great to see. I mean, uh, Tanner Hubs Mike said in the question a couple of weeks ago, do we need to see people from the number one position and those early parts of the Rumble come and win it? Um, at the time, I said no, because I think I want to see more strength for the number 30 position, um, because again, it looks like a weaker number now than getting the early numbers. But at the same time, you really do build stars and you make people like all of a sudden overnight Bianca Belair is that star ready to go for the championship WrestleMania. It was the right move to book her that early in and to make that star making performance that you did. You made a star last year to get her on the main roster. This year you put her into championship worthy. It's one of the best women's Royal Rumbles ever booked. The talent pool was fantastic. Some great spots in there. I loved Billy Kay with the resume stuff was so fun to watch. Really, it's a Royal Rumble that I can't wait to go back and watch again, actually. I haven't seen it back since the Rumble the first time round. I thought it was epic. really, really enjoyed it. Like I say, for the men's as well, Edge from that number one position, fantastic. You know, he, you know he's been out for so long. He immediately feels like he's someone that's creditable, worthy of that championship position. All of a sudden, Edge feels like the guy. You've got that comeback story. And with that comeback story, it's really special to feel. So there's a lot of good things that have come out from the Royal Rumble matches, from the men's and women matches. So yeah, thoroughly enjoyed that. As for Rhea and Alexa, well, I really thought Rhea and Alexa was going to be a feud when you know Rhea eliminated from the Rumble. If Rhea turns up on Raw, then hey, that's definitely a feud I could see going down. If Rhea ends up on SmackDown, I see it being Rhea and Bayley. The only thing for me is, I mean, when you look at things with Oscar and Alexa Bliss, I really thought that was a feud I wanted to see, but seeing the way WWE have booked it, really turned me off that feud. It was a match I had as a WrestleMania match a couple of weeks ago, and uh, now I really don't want to see it. So it just shows, the booking tells a lot of how things can be done, and uh, yeah, it'll be exciting to see how things are going to play out. I think it all depends where Rhea Ripley ends up, but um, is it a feud I'd like to see? Hey, it could go down, but at the same time, I kind of feel that Rhea Ripley would, would benefit not being involved with the spooky Hocus Pocus kind of storylines right off the bat of coming onto the main roster um it can be quite damaging for a character you only got to look at seth rollins the fiend at like you know that time ago seth rollins had to become the messiah because of the fact that that his his babyface run was killed via the fact of the way he was booked against bray wyatt and the fact that oscar was almost booked the same way against alexa bliss i think wwe did the right thing and just separating them before it went too far you could carry things on as normal oscar and charlotte it's much nicer as it's going in that direction. That story's playing out well on its own. Doesn't need Alexa Bliss getting involved. I don't want to see the momentum of that harmed into Rhea Ripley. I would rather Bliss concentrate on The Fiend's spooky storyline and keep that in one portion of the show rather than two. Mark Q, World Order. Our next question now. So Impact has a triple threat revolver match at No Surrender next weekend. Continuing a long tradition of unique matches. Some great, some not so great. Of those crazy Impact stipulation matches, which is your favourite and why? Favourite match with that stipulation. It's got to be the reverse battle royal, hasn't it? Uh, no, definitely not. Definitely not. And uh, not, I must admit as well, I never was a fan of King of the Mountain either. I don't know, just those matches never connected for me. But there have been some great ones in Impact Wrestling. It's such a fun question, this one, to go over. I mean, ones that stand out initially, Ultimate X is an, a great creation. Uh, something that I'd never seen anything like that before when it was created in. Uh, Full Metal Mayhem, always fun. I mean, it's kind of like a TLC match, but, you know, just... It's got its own unique twist to it. Uh, same as Gauntlet for the gold as well. I do like an Impact Gauntlet match. I love the way that they have those 20 superstars. Eliminate goes to a one-on-one -on -one match at the end there. Just something a bit 
different uh, is quite interesting. I really also love Lethal Lockdown. I think it's quite cool. I know it's a play on the War Games environment, but always with the weapons and stuff is usually a lot of fun. Um, I really think that this Triple Threat Revolver has potential to be my favourite ever because I love the rules of the match. For those who aren't aware of it, it's going to be basically a Triple Threat match in a gauntlet style. So we're going to have three superstars start off. We've got eight in total. As one is eliminated, a new one joins the fray. So rather than just being one-on-one -on -one the whole way through, someone from the start of the match might not be involved in a lot of the pinfalls, may make it to the end. And beautifully as well, when it comes down to the final three uh, of this gauntlet style match, someone isn't going to be involved in the final decision, which means you can protect someone. You can have a way of taking someone out of the match. There's so many great fun ways of doing it. So I think this has a lot of potential. And this match alone has massively got me invested for No Surrender. I was a bit lackluster going into this show until this match was announced, where now... I'm fully in. I need to see that. And I'm looking forward to Good Brothers and Private Party. I won't tell a lie on that. But elsewhere on the show, I've been a bit lackluster. But these two matches, and particularly this match, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it's going to play out. As for a favourite overall, goodness, it's hard to pick one, isn't it? I mean, I've not even mentioned Monsters Ball as well, which is a, a fun creation. But um, I suppose I would go for Ultimate X because it's pure creation. It, it's so creative. I love the idea of it. Um, I was tempted to say Feast or Fired as well, which I know was uh, famous for those briefcases giving people championship matches. But I never used to like the idea of someone being fired and someone being taken off the TV and stuff. So that one is going to be taken off my, my list there. I think I'm going to go for Ultimate X, but also love Lethal Lockdown. I think those two, very neck and neck, hard to choose, both creative. Impact, you've got to try new things. It's great to see creativity coming in. Yes, some of them are a bit bonkers over the years, but... I think overall, more than not, we've got some great match types out of it. And uh, you need to be creative. I mean, you know, you look back at sort of the old classic stuff and some of one of those which we go to WWE, my favourite, the Royal Rumble match. Imagine they never tried it. You know, we could have gone 30 years without that iconic match. It just seems crazy. You know, if you have an idea, give it a go. You could hit something that's golden. And uh, I think with the Triple Threat Revolver, easy for me to say, I think that this match is going to be something very special. And I'm really, like I say, I'm hooked in now. I'm really looking forward to No Surrender. Cherry Jerry finishing us off now with our next question now. Do you think Taz being branded unsafe by the WWF roster uh, is fair? No, I don't. Um, I wasn't aware of that, to be brutally honest, uh, of that statement, if that's true, from back in the day. But Taz was one of my favourites from ECW uh, back in the 90s. And when he joined in the year 2000 as a surprise entrant uh, to take on Kurt Angle, the surprise mystery opponent, I jumped off my seat, almost went through the roof, to be brutally honest. And uh, it was such a great match between those two. I was a big Taz fan. And I was really disappointed how his WWE run turned out. Um, yes, he was quite you know, stiff and you know, hard hitting in the ring, but I used to love watching Taz in action. I think he was one of those guys that he had so many suplex, I mean, human, human suplex machine, kind of self-explanatory, but the way he used to just go into his matches, the stories he would tell, the way he'd throw people around, I used to love it. Yes, I mean, the guy was a tough dude, and yeah, like you say, he's a hard hitting guy, but I personally didn't have him as unsafe. I had him down as one of my favorite workers to watch back in the day, but then perhaps if I look back at it, I was a younger viewer looking at it back then. Maybe if I watched it now, maybe I'd feel a bit differently. But um, certainly, no, I'm, I'm going to say, yes, it's unfair. Taz was one of my favourites back in the day. So, no, I'm I'm Team Taz, uh, as the same, almost like an AEW kind of brand. But, um, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Taz's work. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. In fact, I did watch some ECW pay-per-views actually not too long ago. I didn't see anything on safe. I saw a great worker. 
But that's all from anyway. Thank you for watching. Anyway, Ask SCW as always. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, let me know your thoughts in the comments section below on any of the topics that's been discussed today. I look forward to interacting with you. Please like and share the video as well. Want to get to 800 subscribers. Uh, of course, just under 20 or so from that sort of milestone. So please share with a friend. If everyone here shared with one friend and said to go and check out SCW, would easily hit over the 800 milestone. So I would really, really love to get that milestone. So please uh, share it with a friend. I really do appreciate the support everyone has been putting into the channel. Lots of things to look forward to coming up this week, including the return of SCW interviews. George Jones will be the guest for uh, the first episode on The Comeback. That's right, Jonesy Chats Wrestling will be talking about his channel and talking about him as a fan as well. So, fascinating interview, already been pre-recorded. So, uh, yeah, look forward to dropping that on Tuesday. And like I say, make sure to go and check it out. It's a really fun interview. Uh, but that's all from me, anyway. Thank you for watching. Have yourselves a great day. You've been watching Ask SCW on YouTube. You've been listening on podcast form, wherever, however you've been watching listening. Thank you so much, and I will see you guys next time.